Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Yud Test, Daf 19 of Masechta Psachim. Uh, look, what can I tell you? We're continuing to our, our discussion of um, Tuma and Tara. It is our second to last day. And today we are going to discuss the opinions of Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Kiva when it comes to Tuma and Tara. Um, the Suga of Tseruf by Kodshim, if you have like a Kli and there's some Kodshim in it and the, some Tuma gets on one part of the Kli, does it, is it Matami, the Kodshim on the other part of the Kli? Then we talk about different kinds of Tuma in Yerushalayim in the Beis HaMikdash. Alrighty, um, we're going to start on that Yud Chesam at Beis. Mm, let's start, I guess, we did this at the end of the day yesterday, but um, I think it probably makes sense to begin with it today and repeat it. It's about 10 lines from the bottom of Yud Chesamud Beis. Amr Ravina le Ravashi. So it says Ravina to Ravashi. Amr Rava le Rav Yossi Savar Kribekiva le Rav Yossi. So yesterday, so we had been saying up until now that Rav Yossi's opinion is that Mashkin Amitami Midor Aisa. And in explaining Rav Yossi's opinion yesterday, the Gemara had said, how does Rabbi Yossi know that Mashkin um, So he quoted the opinion of his teacher, Rabbi Akiva, about Yitma, Yitami Acherim, that whole thing. So now, Ravina asks Ravashi, he says, Rava, but didn't Rava say, Rabbi Yossi suffer Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva suffer Rabbi Yossi? But didn't Rava say that Rabbi Yossi does not hold like Rabbi Akiva? And Rabbi Kiva does not hold like Rabbi Yossi. Amr lay, so Ravashi says to Ravina, Rabbi Yossi b'shitas Rabbi Akiva Rabu Amra v'lei lo So Ravashi says to Ravina that actually what was going on is that Rabbi Yossi was really just expressing the opinion of his teacher Rabbi Akiva, but he doesn't actually agree with Rabbi Akiva's opinion. So while Rabbi Akiva says that Mashkin are mitami midoraisa, apparently actually Rabbi Yossi himself holds that Mashkin are only mitami midorabonon. Very interesting. Amr Ravashi of Kahana says Ravashi to Rav Kahana, "B'shlam Rabbi Yosi lo savar lekrabi Akiva." So I understand how we could say that Rabbi Yosi doesn't hold like Rabbi Akiva. How could we say that? Ditanim, because we learn in the Brisa. Amr Rabbi Yosi says Rabbi Yosi, "Minayin lervi b'kodeshu apostle." How do we know that when it comes to kodeshim, there is a concept of a revi, and a revi is apostle. Kilu, it ends at a revi. There's no chamishi. So vidinu, well, we can make a kavachomer. Umamachusr kipurim. Who could tell me what a machusr kipurim is? A machusr kipurim, as we know from the first daf of all of Shas, and daf bezum ral of Mesech the Brachis. So a machusr kipurim is a fellow who was at Pesazov, and it was the seventh day, the last day of his tumma. He went to the mikveh, he became a tvul yom, and then comes the night, he can already eat truma, but he can't yet bring his korban until the next day. So he can already eat truma. So that that's okay, but um, until he brings his korbanos the next morning, the next day, so he's what's called a mechusar kipurim, somebody who's lacking atonement. So shemuta b'truma, he's allowed to eat truma, all good, but posel b'kodesh, and yet um, he makes kachim posel. Well, then shlishi she posel b'truma. Well, a shlishi, which by when it comes to truma, shlishi is posel. And certainly it should be able to make a revi and passel kodshim. And now says Rabbi Yossi that 
we learn out from the Torah the concept of a shlishi by kachim, and we learn out, as we just said from a kavachomer, that there's an idea of a revi'i, which is possible by kachim. Shlishi min Torah So we learn out the idea of a shlishi by kachim from the pasuk that says, that if you have a baser, you have meat, kachim meat, and it touches anything that's tame, lo ye'achil, cannot be eaten, i.e., it becomes tummy, right? So you have sarkach, I mean, it touches tuma, any kind of tuma. The, the, right, the, 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 the Torah doesn't explain a particular type of tuma, therefore you have to assume that it could be even a sheni latuma. We know sheni latuma from, you have the, the, from the case that we were discussing yesterday that, that the Rabbi Akiva actually says that we learn out from there that you can have a shlishi by chulin. Over here though, Rabbi Yossi seems to be assuming, not like Rabbi Akiva's Rabbi, and instead Rabbi Yossi is assuming, the simple way of understanding that case, you have a sheretz, avatuma, dangle it in the airspace of the kli, makes the kli a rishon, the tuma touches whatever food, the kli then touches whatever food is in there, the food becomes a sheni, so we know about shenis. And now we're saying that if kodshim even touches the sheni, now it becomes a shlishi. Because it says, baso that meat that touches anything tame, it could even be a sheni. So that's how we know that if this meat touches even a sheni, it becomes tamiyai, it becomes a shlishi. So we know shlishi from the Torah. Milo askinon denago b'sheni. Right? So, so, so we're talking about this meat touching a sheni, becomes a shlishi, revi, mikavachom akidaminon. And how do we know that there's a concept of a revi by kodshim? From the kavachom that we just said. That, well, if a mechusar kippurim, who, he can interact with truma and not make it possible, and yet he makes um, kodshim possible. Well, then certainly a shlishi, which when it comes to truma, is possible. Well, if it touches kodshim, it'll make it a revi and make it possible. And if it would enter your mind that Rabbi Yossi holds like Rabbi Akiva, that by this whole situation with the sheretz and the kli, you can even, right, yitma, yitame, right, makes other things tame. Well then, that means that you can have a shlishi by chulin, from which we can learn from there that even you can have a revi'i by truma and a chamishi by kodshim. So, nisnenam revi'i by truma v'chamishi by kodesh. So, from the fact that Rabbi stops it at a shlishi by truma and a revi'i by kodesh, so then he must disagree with Rabbi Akiva and say that there is no such thing as a shlishi by chulin. How do we know that Rabbi Akiva does not hold like Rabbi Yossi? And what, and what this means is that Rabbi Akiva does not hold like Rabbi Yossi's kalvachomers. Meaning, as we're going to see, Rabbi Akiva agrees with Rabbi Yossi that, that, that you know, the furthest you can go with Truma is a Shlishi and the furthest you can go with Kachim is a Revi. They agree. What, what, what the Gemara is saying is that actually Rabbi Akiva disagrees with Rabbi Yossi's Kavachomers, right? He doesn't make those Kavachomers because if Rabbi Akiva, who says that by Chulin you can even have a Shlishi, were to hold of, 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 of these Kavachomers to learn, uh, you know, what's possible by Truma and Kachim respectively, then you would learn out even a Revi'i 
by Truma and a Hamishi by Kachim, but 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 that's not the case. So so it must be that Rabbi Akiva does not hold like Rabbi Yossi, i.e., he doesn't hold of using these Kavachomers to learn a Revi'i by Truma and a Hamishi by Kachim. So the Rabbi Akiva, Losavik Rabbi Yossi, Minalan, how do we know this? So Amar Lei, well, so so Rav Kahana says to Rav Ashi, so this next, these next words kind of like, I feel like don't make any sense. But there's a point to it. So you could stick with the point, which is that, so let's try to translate it and see how it doesn't make sense if you translate it literally. Or maybe it does make sense. Let's see. So do tana, so that a tana shouldn't, I don't know, missed an opportunity, Vilesni Ravi Batruma Vachamishi Bakodesh, and teach the concept of a Ravi Batruma and a Hamishi Bakodesh, Vinem Rabbi Akivahi, and say it's Rabbi Akiva. Meaning, the point is that if there was such an opinion, then somebody must have said it, right? Nobody's ever heard of a Ravi by Truma and a Hamishi by, by, by Kadshim. And if Rabbi Akiva had that opinion, that there could be a Ravi by Truma and a Hamishi by Kadshim, well then, certainly, there would be some brisa somewhere, or right where where we say this opinion and we say, oh, whose opinion it is? Is it? And then we would say, oh, it's Rabbi Akiva's opinion. But no such dialogue exists anywhere. So therefore, it must be that Rabbi Akiva does not hold of a concept of a Revi'i by Truman and Hamishi by Kachim. Rather, he agrees with Rabbi Yossi that. The furthest you can get with Truma is a Shlishi, and the furthest you can get with Kachim is a Revi. And therefore, he disagrees with Rabbi Yossi in terms of using these Kavachomers to learn out these degrees of Truma, uh, of Tuma for Truma and Kachim. Wait, so we're, we're just going to assume that that's Rabbi Akiva is based on sort of the negative, like the negation, meaning the fact that we can't find any Brisa. Where somebody alleges that Rabbi Akiva holds a Ravi and a Hamishi respectively, therefore it must be that it's not his opinion. So Nafak Ravashi Vitemer of Kahanadok Fashkah. So Ravashi, some says of Kahana, then went out and found the following Mishnah. So we have a Mishnah that says that if you have a vessel, and in the vessel, on one end of the vessel, Let's say it's a long vessel, and on one end there's some kadshim meat, and on the other end there's some kadshim meat, and then some tuma touches the meat on one end of the kli. The fact that they're both inside of the same vessel, even though they're not actually touching each other, is enough to make both meats puzzle. Uh, you know, uh, tummy. Avalola chuma. The same would not be. The case with truma. If you have truma on one end, some more truma on the other end, but they're not touching each other, and then kilu, uh, some of the truma becomes tame, uh, the fact that they're in the same kli will not mean that all the truma becomes tame. And then continues the Mishnah, that the furthest, the furthest it gets with truma is a shlishi, the furthest it gets with kachim is a revi. Okay, fine. So this Mishnah seems to be saying, that, that, that there's no such thing as a concept of a revi'i bichuma and a chamishi bikachim. The furthest you get is a shlishi bichuma and a revi'i bikachim. And the question is, who is the author of this Mishnah? And 
and says that this, that this mission is Rabbi Akiva. It's from the testimony of Rabbi Akiva. The Tanan, as we learn in the Mishnah, was Rabbi Akiva. The Rabbi Akiva added that fine flour and incense and frankincense and coals that if a Tvul Yom touches even some of them, then all of them become Tame. So, and the point is really being brought, is being learned from the coals, right? If you have a whole pile of coals, so if you have a Tvul Yom, who's a Sheni, and he touches a coal, so that coal will become a Shlishi. Maybe the coal that's, that's touching it will become a V, but, you know, what about the coal, you know, at, at the other end of the pile? Why would that be Tame? Right? I mean, it, uh, once already, one call touches the next, but, you know, certainly within two or three calls, you're at it. Nobody's ever heard of a chamishi, shishi, shvi, batuma, kelu. Um, they're all individual units. So why would all of them be tummy? So the answer is they're all tummy because they're inside of a kli together, that the kli is mitzari. And we're saying that this is Rabbi Akiva saying this opinion. So therefore, the initial Mishnah, which says that a kli is Mitzayi for everything that's inside of it, must also be Rabbi Akiva. And that same Mishnah said, Rabbi in Chamishi Lo, Shlishi in Rabbi Ilo. And that initial, that initial Mishnah had said that the furthest you get with Truma is a Shlishi, and the furthest you get with Kachim is Rabbi. So we see that it must be that Rabbi Akiva's opinion is that by Truma it's possible by Shlishi, and by Kachim it's possible by Rabbi. There's no such thing as a Rabbi by Truma and a Chamishi by Kachim. So now from the fact that Rabbi Yochanan was um, putting together Tzeruf, this concept of like um, all this meat that's in this Kli becoming Tame together, from the fact that he's joining it together with like Ketores and um, you know, like this frankincense and coals, which are only talking with the Rabbanon, so it must mean that according to Rabbi Yochanan, this concept of having meat in a kli, and if some of the meat becomes tame, all of the meat becomes tame, that must be midir Rabbanon. That argues in Rabbanon, Damer Tzeruf Dehoraisa, who says that this concept of Tzeruf is midir Oraisa. Shnemar, as the Pasuk says, Kaf Achas Asar Zav that by the Korbanus of the Nisim, it says uh, it was one spoon that was filled with ketores. That the pasuk is treating everything that's in the spoon as one unit. That um, So everything inside of the kli is, is mitzoraf, is joined together. Tanan Hasan we learned over there in Adias. So they found a needle in some meat. And what they testified about it is that the knife and the hands that interact with this meat and this needle are tahor. But the meat is tame. Okay, so they found some kind of needle. We're going to have to figure out what's the deal with this needle. Tame, like, what, like what, what, what is this needle? But they found a needle and some meat. The meat is tame, but you know, if you touch either the meat or the needle, your hands will be tahor. And if a knife touches something, it's going to be Tahor as well. The Gemara is going to kind of get into this a bit. I'm sorry. But if you, it was found in the animal's excrement, well then everything is pure, even the 
uh, dung, I guess. Amr Rabbi Akiva says Rabbi Akiva zachinu shein tumas yadayim b'mikdash. Says Rabbi Akiva, Wow, we see that therefore there must not be any uh, tumas yadayim b'mikdash. Meaning, what does that mean? It means that well, mida oraisa. In order for somebody's hands to become tummy, it's no different than the rest of his body. A person can only become tummy if he comes in contact with either an aviavosatum or an avatum. However, the Chacham made a gezera. They said, Because you, you touch all sorts of things with your hands. So the, the, the Chacham made, a, the Rabbanon, the Rabbis made a gezera that we have to treat your hands as if they have a default status of Tumah. Now, that's because we don't know what you're touching, right? You could be touching, who knows what you're touching, and it might be tummy. Now, here's the thing. Here we have this meat, and we have a situation where, like, we're saying that this meat is tummy, and your hands are touching this meat, like, Certainly, you know, okay, granted that like maybe the meat isn't an avatoma, but like if we're saying that your hands just stamazoi are tame, because who knows what you're touching? Well, certainly if we know that you're touching this meat, which might not be an avatoma, but we're saying it's some level of tuma, well then certainly from this, you know, dindarabanan, I would, I should assume that my hands would be tame now, but we're saying that your hands are tahor. So it must mean that we don't hold of this concept of um, Tumas Yadayim in the Beis HaMikdash. Tumas Yadayim V'keilim B'Mikdash. But one second, why are we stopping at Tumas Yadayim? We also said that the knife is tahor. So why don't we also say that there's no Tumas Keilim B'Mikdash, Midr Abanon. And I saw a note in the art scroll that said that we would have to assume that there was Mashkin on the meat because then the Mashkin would become a Rishon and then it would touch the Keilim. We say that Keilim, Mashkin Kamim Tame Keilim Okay. So says Rabbi Yehuda in the name of Rav, some say Rabbi Yosef that well, the Gezerah about your hands becoming Tami Midrabanan is an older Gezerah than the one about Kalim being Tami Midrabanan. And therefore, at the time, um, there was no Gezerah about Kalim becoming Tami Midrabanan. And therefore, as long as this, whatever this knife was touching was not in Avatuma, so then it wouldn't be, ta- it wouldn't be Tame. Okay. Um, Amarava says, Rava, Vatarvayu Babayom Gazu. Says Rava, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's not true. I mean, you're, you're, you're arguing that the Dinder Abanan about Stamya Daim is an older Dinder Abanan than Kalim being able to be Tamimid Rabbanon, it's simply not true. The Tanan is we learn in a mission, right? Because they were both taught on the same day. The Tanan is we learn in a mission. Asefer Vayadaim. The fact that we say that Svarim, right? We say that, yeah, Svarim, like Sifri Torah and stuff, are have a, have a have a status of 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 Tuma, right? We learned to Mesech the Shabbos because we didn't want because. Uh, People would be nervous that they, they would they would they would put away their truma together with their sifrei kodesh because they they both are things that they would want to preserve from and make sure that they do not become tummy. The problem is that if you're storing your svarim with your um, truma, the mice are going to come and they're going to eat your truma and also eat your svarim. So they said, you know what? We have to treat the svarim as though they are tummy, so that you won't keep them together with your truma because you want to keep your truma tahor, and then the mice won't eat the svarim. By your dime and your hands, yom. And also Tvoyom, the Gemara in Shabbos said that Tvoyom actually doesn't belong on this list. Va'ochlin and food, va'kelim shnit va'ochlin va'kelim shnit mashkin and foods and um, vessels that became tummy through mashkin, um, they were all taught at the same time in that attic of Hananya ben 
What was his name? Chananiah ben Chizkiah ben Garun. The beginning of Masech the Shabbos. No, so both um, the dinim of of your hands being Tamim Mitarabanan and of Kalim being Tamim Mitarabanan were taught on the same day. So if that's the case, why is Rabbi Akiva saying from here that only that there was no Tumas Yodayim B'Mikdash, which you should also say that there's also no Tumas Kalim B'Mikdash. So Ela Omer Rava Hanach Tumasakin says Rava Hak Minishkan Chaynik from Tumasakin that Afilu B'Chulin Ami Lo Mitamu. Even if this was like Chulin, there would be. Even if this was outside of the base of Mikdash, this knife would not be Tame. How is it going to get Tame? Haisakin Dinaga B'Mai. What's it touching? Gilema Dinaga B'Basar. What are you concerned that it touched the meat? Um, as we learned yesterday, that food is not metame kelim. So what's so you're going to say that the knife touched the needle? Right, that a kli is not able to be metame another kli. We also discussed that yesterday. So, so we're saying, so what's special about the base of mikdash here? I mean, there, there's nothing really to be metame this kli in the first place. In order for a kli to become tame, yeah, it can only become, right, Adam Vikalim can only become tame from an avatuma. And we don't have an avatuma over here. Frek the Gemara, I machet my avidte. The Gemara asks, what is the dilio with this needle? What, 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 what's this needle? In a suffix machat. If we're going to say, well, it was a suffix machat. That, uh, we weren't sure if this needle was, uh, tame or not. But it but it was stated. But we have a statement by Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yosef Abchanina. Holy smokes! Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yosef Abchanina. Does that ring a bell? Well, obviously. If it didn't ring a bell, I wouldn't be saying anything. So yeah, it rings a bell. It rings a bell for me. That was uh, the Gemara at the end of Mesech the Erevin and Daf Kuf Gimel. That was a complicated Gemara. I think that was also Machlokas between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yosef What were they talking about? About warts. About warts. If they were moist Gishmaka warts or dry Shvera warts. That, that was very complicated. If you're, if you're, if you're removing it Bayad or Bechli, very, very complicated stuff. I think that was also Machlokas between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yosef so this time they're talking about something else. One of them said that they didn't make a gezerah on suffix spit. If you have spit and you don't know if it comes from a zav or not, what do you do? One of them said that you don't make a gezerah on if you have uh, vessels and you're not sure if they're tummy or not, so then in Yerushalayim the Tahor are new. So if that's the case, then what's the problem with this needle? Well, if we're saying it's a suffix tuma, well, there's no suffix tuma in Yerushalayim anyways. So, I'm reviewed on my Rav Kukuncha Avdolo Macha Tomei Tmei Meis. Aha! Yekir Bebasar. So, it says reviewed in the name of Rav that uh, it's talking about where he lost a needle from a Tmei Meis. The Yekir Bebasar. So, it was this needle that became Tomei from somebody who touched a dead body. From an avatuma, and that is why, and 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 he, and he lost it, and then he noticed it. He found it in the uh, in in the inside of the, I guess the animal ate it, and now um, that and now he found this tummy needle. Okay, 
Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Avin Amar Kigon Shari Sapara Chasuma Uva Michutz Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Avin says, well, this animal came from outside of Jerusalem and its mouth was muzzled, so it couldn't have eaten anything um, in Jerusalem. So it must have eaten this needle outside of Jerusalem and therefore, even though it's a Safek Tumah, um, while in Jerusalem it's Tahor, outside of Jerusalem it's Tameh, and therefore this needle is Tameh. Gufa, we said earlier, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Hanina, one of them said that they did not make a gzera about possible tummy spit in Jerusalem. One of them said that they didn't make a gzera about possible tummy um, vessels in Jerusalem. Rokin tanina, kalim tanina. Now the Gemara says, but both of them, we already know from Mishnayis. We didn't need a Belazan of Yosef to teach us that. We know that from Mishnayis. Rokin tanina, where do we see that? We learn about the spit in Mishnah's the Tananas. We learn in the Mishnah, that if you find spit in Yerushalayim, Tehorin. So the Torah, the only place we got to be careful is in the upper Shuk, because that's where all the Tameh people hang out. And if you find spit lying on the floor in the upper Shuk, don't touch it. It's Tameh. It's Sinava You're going to become Tameh. So new, but as long as you stay out of the tummy shook, well then, um, well then, it's tahor anyway. So what do I need them to teach me that suffix, um, spit is in Jerusalem is tahor? That even though you have like Mr. Zav friend and he walks by and then you see like a big pile of spit on the floor, it's like, wait, did that come from you? Huh? What's the deal? Wait, Zav, come back. Is that your spit? Is that like Tame? Anyway, so you don't know what the deal is with this um, spit. So does it, did it really come from the Zav? Did it not? Who knows? So even though you have reason to suspect that maybe it came from a Zav, still it would be acceptable as long as it's not in their fancy little shuk. Kalim Tanina, we already have a Mishnah that teaches us that Safek Kalim in Jerusalem are Tahar. The Tananis, we learn in the Mishnah called Kalim and Mutambi Yerushalayim, that all of the vessels that were found in Jerusalem, if you find these vessels on the way down to the mikveh, well, Tamein, Hada'am Tahorin. Right? So the Mishnah says that, I guess, right, right, there was like a path down to the mikveh, and then there was a separate path on the way, right, going up from the mikvah. So therefore, if you find Kalim on the way down from the mikvah, you have to assume that this, that this vessel was being held by somebody who was Tameh, and it kind of fell on the way down, and this vessel is Tameh. And, but on, right, Hada'am or Tahorin. But, if you find a vessel outside of this stairway, this path down to the mikvah, well then, it would be Tahor. So we already know that stam kalim that you find in Jerusalem or Tahor. So the Gemara says, yeah, but that's not a good proof of the Taimech. And according to your reasoning, Ema Seifa, if you keep on reading in that Mishnah, what does it say? They're Chaliyah Tahor. That if you find vessels on the way up from the Mikvah, they're, they're pure. What does that imply? Hada'ama Tameh. That implies, well, maybe then I'll argue that if I find, so if I find them on the way up from the Mikvah, they're Tahor. But anywhere else in Jerusalem, maybe they're Tameh. So Ella, rather, what do you have to say? Reisha davka v'seifa lav davka. So rather, what they are teaching us is that the 
way the first part of the Mishnah is this is, is the one to take you know wholeheartedly which is that any kin that you find specifically on the way down to the mikveh are going to be tame, but anywhere else they'll be tahor and the sefer labdavka and the sefer which says when you find kalim on the way up they are tahor do not imply from there that anywhere else in jerusalem would be tame the only thing that that is coming to teach us is that if there are little simtaot, if there are like little alleys that branch off of the way down to the mikveh, those maybe uh, avoid the kalim that you find there because they might be tame. Now, now according to Rav, Rav said that this needle that he found in the in the animal was the needle that touched somebody who touched a dead body. Now, we learned the other day, what the was it on? Really? Was it Yudalaram Abes? I guess so. Cherev, one second. Oh, that's Sigmar's Kasha. Sigmar wants to know, remember the concept of Cherev Areu Kechalo? Remember the concept of if you have metal that touches either a dead body or somebody who touched a dead body, either an Aviavosatuma or an Avatuma, so that metal takes on the exact same Tuma as either the dead body or the person who touched it. So in this case, this needle should be an avatuma, right? If it became tummy from a tmeimes, if it became tummy from somebody who touched a dead body, from a rish, from an avatuma, so then the 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 needle itself should be an avatuma. In which case, it should be matame the knife, no? So Amravashi zosomeres azar rushsaravimi. Oh, so Vashi says that from here it must be that the azara is a rushsaravim. And we're going to treat this like suffix tuma that's in that right that's in a, a public area. And whenever you have a situation of uh, when you're not sure, when you're not a hundred percent sure about tuma, I eat a suffix tuma, and it's in rishus So then we know svekotar. But one second, does that imply? That if it was in Rishus Ayachid, then its suffix would be Tameh. Michde, let's see. Haimacha Darvish Eimbo Dasli Shalhu. So, literally, it means that this needle is something that is unable to ask. Parashi points out that it's actually talking about the knife. So, this knife is something that you're unable to ask about, right? Meaning, if we're trying to figure out, right? Because we don't know if this knife touched the needle or not. We're not sure. So, if the knife touched the needle, right? So, um, we want to say that um, if we treat the Azar like Rosh Hashanah so then it would be Tahor, because it's suffix to Rosh Hashanah would be Tahor, implying that if it was Rosh Hashanah it would be Tami, but this knife is something that a knife isn't able to ask. Okay. And anything that is unable to ask, whether it's in Rishasarab, whether it's in Rishasayachid, it's actually going to be Tahor. So, meaning, while this, so this concept, right, which we've seen, we even saw it recently, um, we saw it, we saw it recently, I can't remember what daf exactly, but we saw like these different fields, and if there was, um, 
Suffolk Tumah, we said like the fields during the winter, they're considered like Rishusa Yachid, and in the summer they're considered like Rishusa Rabbim with regard to Tumah. And so this concept of Suffolk Tumah Rishusa Rabbim being Tawar and Rishusa Yachid being Tameh, that's only for people, people who are able to ask a question to a teacher, to a rabbi. But something that's inanimate, well then even in Rishusa Yachid, it'll be Tawar. So like, what's the question? This knife, why does it have to be in, why do we have to assume from here that the Azar is Rishus HaRabim, even if we treat it as Rishus HaYachid, a knife is an inanimate object, and you could still assume that it would be Tahor anyways. So the Gemara answers, So he says, well, a knife, yeah, it is inanimate, but it's something that's controlled by a human being. From Rabbi Yochanan, Suffolk Tumah, Ababi De Adam, says Rabbi Yochanan that when you have a Suffolk Tumah that is controlled by a human being, Nishalan Aleah, well then you can, you can ask about it. Afilu Bichli Amunach Agabi Karka Kedavash Emudas Israel. Even if it is something that is just like lying on the floor. Okay. Kedavash Yesh Bodas Israel. Like something that we could treat it as if it has knowledge to ask since it's being controlled by a human. Okay, that was the Yud test of Masechta Psachim. Um, Alright, how are you guys doing? So what did we talk about? We talked about Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Akiva's opinion. So initially we wanted to say that Rabbi Yossi holds that Tumas Mashkin and Matami Mida Oraisa, and he holds like Rabbi Akiva with regard to that. But then we actually said that Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Akiva disagree. Rabbi Yossi says that actually Mashkin are Matami Mida Abanon. And he says that when it comes to Chulin, um, the furthest you can get is a shlish, is a sheni. There's no concept of a shlishi by chulin. Whereas Rabbi Kiva says that mashkin um, matami mida oraisa, and he says that by chulin you can even have a shlishi. But they both agree that the, by, by truma the furthest you can get is a shlishi, and by kachim the furthest you can get is a revi. Talk about this concept of seiruf by kachim. If you have a vessel and in the vessel there's some kachim, so even if some tuma only touched the kachim on one side of the vessel. The kachim on the other side of the vessel um, is still tameh. Um, now Rabbi Yochanan says that that's specifically midr abonon, and Rav Chanan says that that's d'oraisa. And then we got into at the end these concepts of different suffix in Yerushalayim that suffix uh, uh, spit and suffix um, kalim in Yerushalayim are 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 tahor. And at the end we got to this concept of um, Safek Tuma and Rishusarabim and Rishusayachid. So we say if it's somebody who has the ability to ask, so then in Rishusarabim it's Tahor and Rishusayachid it's Tameh. But if it's an inanimate object that's unable to ask, so then um, both in Rishusayachid and in Rishusarabim it is Tahor. But if it is something that is controlled by a human being, such as the knife in our example, well then we treat it as though it's something that is able to um, be a- to ask. And it would be it would be governed by the rules of Rishus Rabbim and Rishus Yachid. Rishus Rabbim would be Tower and Rishus Yachid would be Tameh. Peace.